0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. I'm your host, as always, Mike Murray. Today, we have a super exciting interview, fresh, hot off of Olympic trials. My friend, the head coach at the Ridgefield Aquatic Club in Connecticut, Emmanuel Lanzo. Emmanuel, what an amazing week for you, your team, your family, your athletes. I want to get into all of Olympic trials and your experience but we are just so fortunate and so thankful that we were able to get you on so quickly. So thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you for the invitation, man. I, I love to talk to you. You know, every time we go to a swim meet, when we have a chance, we, we chat a little bit about everything. And it, it's a pleasure to, you know, be in this platform, talking to you. I think it's, it's gonna be harder just to drive four hours to go and hang out with you, um, like during these times. I can wait to be with you on deck, man. I know that you've been in, in Long Island and then came back. And so it's good to know that, that you're still coaching during this, you know, during this time. So thank you for the invitation and just being part of this, you know, I I'm a I'm a big fan. I, I listen to all your fitting fancy presentations. I get to know a lot. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to to get to the level of the people that you interview. But I promise a lot of
0: emotion, at least in fun. Well, no doubt about it, man. And we have really enjoyed traveling together as some of our athletes have kind of come up at the same time. So we were fortunate to be at a lot of different select camps and uh, team trips and things like that. So it's been fun to share in the journey of, you know, Kieran and AJ especially. And I think it's great to start our conversation about trials with those two because I know that they had very specific goals for this meet and both of them were able to reach those goals. AJ had a goal of making semifinals at Olympic trials. He's had such a wonderful career. And then Kieran had the ultimate dream of making the Olympic team. And the photo that's kind of gone viral in our business (laughs) that captured you two the moment he was walking by you in the stands. Let's jump right into it, Emmanuel, and tell me what it's like as your athlete that you've coached from the time that he was a young age group swimmer who did fitter and faster clinics and ended up walking by you after making the United States Olympic team. Describe that feeling for us.
1: You can't, I, I, I have no words for that moment, you know. You know, for, funny story, the first thing, you know, um, Kieran used eyeglasses. So trying to find me out in the crowd, cause I, I didn't have the, the opportunity to, to be a coach, like to be in, in the coaches area. So I was I was just in, in the bleachers in the area and I was just, just trying to be as loud as I can so he can find me out. And I know he knows my whistle. I have a very loud whistle and I was just trying to be uh, noisy. And um, I was, all right, he's, he's a little blind. All right, let me see how can I do it. So previously of that, I took pictures of my shirt, and I was making sure he knew this is a shirt I'm gonna wear. So if you can't see me, you can't. You look around, but um, you know, I think that at that point the kids are exhausted. They're very happy about their performances and and you know just having him finishing this race, looking up, seeing himself in the. In the, in the big you just seeing his face there and smiling and all the stuff, everybody clapping and just, just turning around, looking at his teammates, looking at his college coach, and then just looking around, trying to find me. I stand up. I was like, here, so he can see me. I don't think it was, it was my arms were not long enough, but he walked out and, and I see his changes, his face, walk towards me and people goes crazy and I'm standing there and I see he's coming to me to give me a hug I think it's the it's the ultimate feeling I think it's the ultimate feeling and and uh, I think the 400 freestyle was was emotional it was like a like a silver lining it was just man it happened it happened It, it was what what we've been texting for, for, what, three years now? And um, I think that our connection, is more as a friendship now. Of course, he wants to, you know, share when he was doing right, when he was doing great things in practice, and just always waiting for my feedback. Um, and I think that moment when he came was more like a relief. But after the 200 freestyle, that one was a good one. That one was like the one, because the competition, the field was insane. Competition was insane. I think the 400 freestyle was a little more comfortable once the, like the tight competition was in the B final. Um, and I think that gave him a lot of confidence. I think it was, you know, I think when you put people on, on the underdog position, a lot of people shy back but like Kieran and the team, we've always been in the underdog position um, because we don't have the best facility. Maybe um, we don't have like a very uh, a strong, um, you know, tradition of Olympians. We've always been the underdog and, and we, we enjoy the trip. We like to be in a position that people are not expecting too much from us and and we, we've shined. We just step up and bring the competition wherever we go. So so being in the underdog position, but at the same time, being in a comfortable position, I think that was really cool for Kieran to be in. And everyone talking about, oh, we don't have anyone with the eight card. And we were, like, quiet. We were like, you don't know yet. You don't know yet. I think um, the people at, at uh, Gators were in the same situation. We were like, you guys don't know where we come from. You think that 347 there. Um, like, he was not tape, it was not shaved, you know, all loaded. We just needed the kid to be in a position for him to, to perform well. And he went to that big drop. I think training was showing good. You know, he was texting me what he was doing in practice. I was like, oh my God, that's fast. So just waiting for the, for the opportunity, you know. And, but the 200 freestyle, man. You know, when he came to me and, and hugged me and, you know, he told me, I, man, I love you. Like, it came from his heart. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm tearing right now. It was, it, you can't replicate that. I think every coach listening to this, it can go from, from making the first A-shoot cut to make the, the first futures cut. When you get to that point of so much hard work and, and seeing your kid so happy about achieving it, that moment you cannot replicate that moment, but I think it gives you the the energy to keep working so hard because you are you want to be in that position over and over and over again. I, I think it's what gets us going.
0: There's no doubt about that, and you could see in that photo pure genuine joy. And of course, we all see the success. We've watched Kieran attack every meet that he's ever gone to he just looks like he is always ready to race and i think that comes from something that you teach your athletes in the age group program and i want to get into that with you because i have some great insight from our our mutual friend graham bodner but what i want what i want to ask you about emmanuel is talk about some of the challenges in the process of the development of kieran because we all see this great success. We see the tip of the spear, but what are some of the things that you guys had to learn together as far as lessons to continue your process of achieving success? Well,
1: there's, there's a couple of things I can start with trying to get out of the, of the, you know, tradition of these are the meets that we're gonna attend. I think um, having, a, having a calendar that is fixed, these are the meets that we're gonna attend, and there's nothing more than that. I think um, we changed that. We try to go to different places. I think that one of the things we we share with other sports is the travel. I think it's very important for the kids to go to new places. It doesn't need to be the best facility, it just, you know, it's is is the um, I will say the ability for the kids to feel they're going. To, somewhere else and compete somebody else, something new. So we try to mix it up from one season to the other, um, trying to find good venues in season meets. Um, I think that trying to get to the highest level meet, it will be the second part. I think um, on in a long-term process, we were trying to find what, what will be the highest level meet of the season. Um, And we will split that thought in two different ways. The highest level short course yards meet and the highest level long course meter. And not just trying to achieve cuts, Explore what was the meet results from the past and what it takes to make it back. What it takes to make it to the top three. Um, And try to stay away of breaking records. I, I don't think that Having a kid that is so successful from from a very early ages, because he was very successful um, before I came to the program. He had, you know, state records when he was ten. But trying to forget about that, trying to you, you know, you're already top of the spear locally. Let's let's celebrate what needs to be celebrated. Those you know record breaker efforts we're to be limited to to early ages. Forget about breaking records locally. Let's focus on trying to see the the whole spectrum of your age, of your single age. How you are sitting with other kids in the country for for the same age. Forget about trying to go faster than the 17 years old or 16 years old. Let's see where you sit on your single age. And let's try to figure out what's coming behind. All right. There's a 13-year-old kid that is getting closer. let stay away from that kid. But start trying to catch up with the 14 years old kids. And, and keep your keep the kids' eye on the on the future. Um, remember, Kieran, Kieran grew up with Michael Andrew. You know, Kieran grew up with all the kids. Um, um, I can't go through the names right now, but there was a lot of the kids that they were shining in the early ages, very big, developed. And we were watching those kids, like their bodies were developed. They were really strong. All the attentions were on them. Um, And we were looking forward to, you know, just quiet cash shop and be behind and try to get to the basics. And um, I would say the other thing will be um, create a very safe, and supported environment. Um, I think that uh, the connection between parent and coach was key from the beginning. I think um, Sandra, uh, Sandra's Kieran's mom, um, she was perfect. Like in every aspect of the way she was, I was the head coach of the program, she was the spine. And knowing the system from the beginning, She was, uh, she's part of a team as a master's coach. She was a president, she was a treasurer. She was very involved in the process um, on making sure that the kid had a safe and supportive environment. We we fight many times. I'm not saying it was perfect all the time, but I was willing to learn. I was willing to listen. Even if I came to the program with, uh, with a, you know, a lot of experience with high level swimmers, um, I have. I was coaching a kid to United Worlds a year before I came to the program, but um, I brought that experience to the program. But I was listening. I was. This is a new place. I was in Puerto Rico before I came to the program. But I was willing to listen. I was willing to, to learn the process. There was a, there was a supported system um, behind Sandra. Jill was AJ's. AJ, Jill is AJ's mom was very supportive too. She was also the president of the program. She was a treasurer. There was other key people in the program that helped the whole uh, safe and supportive environment. Todd Gordon, I have to mention Todd. Uh, Todd was the person that recruited me and trusted me in the beginning, and I'm, I, I will always be thankful for him to trust in me and believing in me, and, and I was always listening. Um, and other people all the parents that were very supportive. I think the community too here in Richfield is a small community, but it's a very sporty community. All the kids are involved in sports. Um, the sport here offers a year-round program. There's maybe uh, 50% of the kids in the program that do seasonal sports, but I will say uh, swimming has an a, a all year round program. We have kids here from September to July and offering that opportunity is very important for the kids that do it, don't do any other sports. Kieran didn't do any other sports. He had it from the beginning what he wanted. And I think um, he knew it was time. Like I think he was, he took advantage of that uh, pandemic year to get stronger through the the college program. I think um, he always wanted to be at Gators. I think that's another advantage when the kid is, is he knows where he wants to be. You know, sometimes we have the kids wondering, trying to find out where he wants to be. I think he was fixed. He knew, I want to go to Gators. He had many reasons. You can interview him in the future. And he was always, I want to be at the gators, but at the same time, he was very aware in the now. All right, where I am as a as as a freshman, where I am as a sophomore, where I am as a junior, what I want in my senior year, and and I know some people will say, Emmanuel, you give the kids too many opportunities. Um, I'm I'm the kind of coach that listens to the swimmer, and I want the kids to be hundred percent. Hands in, in the process. We don't talk about too much of goals. I think I was always in communication with the kid in the now, where are we in the training? Where are we in the training? What do you want to achieve? Um, What meets you want to attend? Do you want to do high school? Um, And he will be always putting feedback into the communication, him and the squad. I'm talking about him as an individual but we were always a team. It was always a squad. There was a national squad. There were different levels. When he was a freshman, there will be senior kids and junior kids having conversation. He was always aware. What was the conversation with the junior kid? What was the conversation with a senior kid? What was the goal for a senior kid? Um, And I would say, I don't believe in luck. You know, it's very important for you to understand that, but there was key moments. We were blessed to have key moments in Kieran's um, career and, and the squad. We were able to go to different meets in Florida. You know, we're from the Northeast, so it's very important for us to break it in, in the middle of the winter to go to Florida and compete. And you don't choose Who's gonna be in the meet? So it's very important for, for everyone to understand that we don't choose. So I think it was key for us to an early age for Kieran to be in a swim meet where Michael Andrew was. When all the kids at that, that level, like the promise future of USA, USA swimming was. So he was able to compete with all these super fast kids um, when an early age. So we were able to be at the same meet But that's key. Um, A a very important story. I still feel that this is not, it was not real. But we went to, uh, I think it was a winter, winter juniors or winter seniors in Seattle. And um, we were sitting there and there was, you know, there was all the Olympians were there. And I think that's the, the top notch experience for a kid that is 14, 15, 16 year old, to be to be good and to be able to be in a pool where Michael Phelps is. And at that point, you need to understand, everyone wanna be like Michael Phelps. So being there watching Michael Phelps, I think it was key. But there was a key moment, and Kieran is the only one that can tell you this is true. I was sitting there with Kieran and um, I'm introducing him. Like he might not know a lot of people and we'll be like, hey, look, that's Bob Bowman. That's Michael Phil. He was like, man, you need to shield. And I'm like, "Like, I have to shield. I'm not gonna shield. I'm gonna take selfies with everybody that I know. And it, it was, oh wait, that's Colin Jones. And actually parenthesis, parentheses, sitting next to Colin Jones a couple of days ago was the, was the coolest experience. But I remember taking like, selfies with every Olympian and every coach Olympian. But there was a moment when I remember on the diving well, Bob Bowman was sitting there and Michael Phelps was in the table. It was, they were looking at us. And I was like, Karen goes, I know they're not looking at us. I'm like, I'm hundred percent sure they're talking about us right now. And I, he goes like, how do you know? I'm like, listen, you know how I, I don't listen to English. I read lips, that's the only way I understand. So I'm reading their lips and they're talking about us. And then like a couple minutes after, Bob Bowman starts walking towards us. And I go like, I think he's coming towards us. So, so Bob Bowman comes to us and he comes around us. He goes, like, hey, listen guys, my name is Bob Bowman. I'm like, at that moment, I can't believe Coach Bob Bowman is talking to us. And i got so excited i can't remember everything he said but he said something that was very important for kieran to hear at that point maybe bob bowman was doing that for everyone maybe just bob bowman being what bob bowman does he said that he remind that that moment when i'm sitting with ken remind him when michael phelps and him were little when michael phelps was little and he was you rise remind us when Michael Feld was 14 years old, like the exam. I remember that moment like today. So I think that was key. And I remember Kieran's face because he probably cannot believe that moment. And I remember that's when he got the Olympic trial cut and the 400 IM for the first time. I think that day he started believing. I think I was a believer since I met him and I was like, you know the, the, you know the kids. And I was always talking to him what he, I think you belong to, to something bigger than you think. I believe all these things. But I, w- I was selling these things to every kid every day, all the time. I, I'm, a, I'm a hopeful. I always believe that every kid has the potential. But when Bob Bowen comes to you to tell you that is a game changer. And then after that, you know, Greg Troy came to us. And that's, I think that was way more important for Kieran than I, because I knew Greg Troy from the past. But remember, he wanted to be a gator forever. But having Greg Troy coming to him, coming to me, and talking about swimming and, and I, hey, this is Greg Troy, coaches, Kieran, like that was a big moment for him. And that's when I met Anthony Nessie. So that was, it was a lot of things going on in that meet, And I think he wanted to, after that moment, his his training mentality changed. He knew he belonged to something bigger than himself. Um, the other thing is the, I call it the eventually, the eventually feeling. You will, every every kid's going to improve eventually. And I understand that that time, you don't know when is eventually. So you need to work. You need to keep working. Um, the other thing is you don't hope to get better. I think that's that's one of the things we keep repeating in this sport. The kids goes to meet hoping to get better and you don't hope to get better. You work to get better. And how do you work? You train to improve times or do you go to the meet to improve your training? And I don't have secrets. I figured out one of the things I learned from Kieran and, and that squad, you know, the Gordons, the Bornsteins, um, the Validones, uh, those kids showed me that it was very important for them to compete to improve their training. It, it, was, it was something that changed. I was a classic coach that trains to improve at meets, but I figure out it, sometimes it works in the opposite. And I would say the other thing is the the National Junior Program. I think I've never seen so many people that are dedicated that these people are wizards. I I can tell you from from Mitch Dalton down, these people are wizards. I spent time with them um, at Mel Zayak. I went as as a volunteer Coach, I'm joking because I was just there to watch. But but between Mitch, uh, Richard Hunter, Alexis Keto, they're my best friends now, man. But at that point, those people give me the opportunity of, of a lifetime. I was there in the bleachers and they were like, Well, you're a coach. If you're here, you're gonna work. And they give me, they give me uh, a pass. They give me an apartment to sit down with a national union team. And I'm telling you that was, I think that moment, it was, it was key for me, Um, to represent as a national quote unquote national union coach. It was important for me to, to get to understand the sport better and better and better and better and get deeper into the sports. I think that moment was key for my career, for me and for the kids. Um, and then, you know, Worlds. I think that opportunity to be in a big stage for Kieran, for me as a coach, was very important. To get to know the level that was coming up at that point. It was fast. It was very, very fast. And I was like, we need to do work. We need to do work. He got the silver medal. I'm the the 200 I am. But I think it was more of, uh, it was a, a, a reaction to the moment. I think he tried very hard. He got sick after that. And we muscled through the whole meet. But, you know, he knew, he knew. He will, he will do better if he was in the right place at the right time with the right coaches. And I think that's what happened this past weekend.
0: Emmanuel, one thing that I know that I've heard about you when you're getting ready to tell your athletes about a main set <clears throat> is that you'll say, now... We work. Yes. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how you set up the mindset for your athletes. So, so, um,
1: so the now we word phrase, even if it's a sentence, is is separate words. It's a now dot we dot work. Um, and I have a shirt. That's just that now. So it's trying to understand the now is comes from. I have a big issue with having a clock on deck. Like when I'm talking, I want my kids to have their eyes into the whiteboard. Do we have a workout on the if we have a workout on that and whiteboard, sometimes I don't have a workout. I want their eyes on me, but I don't want my kids to look at the time. Because you know what they're doing. They're being distracted. They want to know how much time they have left why the kids want to know how much time they have left it's very simple they know if i'm asking them to work and there's there's still an hour and a half of workout is this going to be hard and i think that's one but but you don't know sometimes they just have something more important after and they want to know what time it is i think that nothing is more important at that point your parents drive you to the pool or oh, you drive yourself to the pool, maybe with, yeah, the energy to be there, maybe not, but is the now. There's nothing more important more than important what's gonna happen now. The second part is the we. I don't think this is something that you can do by yourself all the time. I believe there's a lot of swimmers that have um, their own process, and I, I totally agree everyone needs to find a way but I feel in the we, is like the, the beehive mentality, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of um, joint forces that will make things better. That's why I have a shirt that have a big bee. And I'm always talking about, you know, let the, let the bees out. So for him, I remember um, texting Kieran about the, the 200 AM, Man, this is gonna sting. You know, there's gonna be a lot of bees, um, and and there's been a lot of bees during the week. You know, at that time you start feeling the bees, you start feeling the pain on your legs. So it's time to fight the beehive from all the other team, another team. There's gonna be beehive versus beehive. So you need to understand we're gonna support you. We have the beehive here too. So the we is important. There's been a lot of people. Around, around him, pushing him forward. He's been pulling people forward in the training. He's been leading the lane. He has people in the lane next to him. And it's very important. It's uh, what, what I call that the keen, the keen laser effect. You know, you're gonna, you need to understand when we join forces, we're stronger. And, and that strength comes from, yes, people next to you, the people on your squad, your neighbors. Wilton, Brookfield, Norwalk Zoos, Chelsea piers Like we have this connection between teams. Connecticut, we go to meets, we push each other. There's names out there. Alex Walsh was in the area. Um, who else? There was a lot of kids um, doing well. And that level, um, what's the other kid from Chelsea Pierce, the girl? Um, Kate Douglas. Kate Douglas. You know, she was in the National Union team. So it's a community that understands the sport in a way that we can do much better. And we just prove it. So the Connecticut community, um, Alex Walsh, uh, the Greenwich Marlins, you know, um, there's so there is a strong community that wants a lot from this sport. So pushing each other, that's what I'm calling the we. And then the work. So what is work? We have different perceptions of what works looks like, but in the, in the swimming world, numbers don't lie. Numbers never lie. 32-7, he said 327 anywhere in the universe, it will not change. But yes, you can manage the Colorado system, to be a half a second faster. And I know maybe this is not something I should be talking about, because this is a, a well secret, a well-kept secret from coaches that we can mess up the send up to make it a little faster to get kids frustrated. But but work is work. So your time, the time that you go, it was fast at that moment. It was fast. It just show the speed of your body from point A to point B. But it's slow tomorrow. I, I'm sorry. It's, it, tomorrow is slow. And it will always be slow until you come back to practice and you show work. Your times are your times. Your splits are your splits. So what is work is the closest to your maximum effort or your minimum effort. Everything is, is relative, right? So, so
0: that's what we call now we work. I love it, man. I love it, and I, and I, I I have the phrase here, as you know, work works. Work works, yeah. I
1: sold that for you, my friend.
0: Work works. <laughs> and and so when I heard that that was the mentality that went behind, you know, some of the things that you were doing, I I thought it was great. Um, you mentioned uh, Emmanuel you're working kind of simultaneous now with with Anthony Nesty and Kieran's doing most of his training down there. Anthony does a phenomenal job. Talk to coaches about why it's so important to create that dynamic relationship with a college coach.
1: Well, I think my, I'm a spirit. This is like, like the Trinity, you know, there's, there's a flesh, there's a soul, there's a spirit. I'm I'm just like right there in the clouds. They know I'm around. I just feel like they know, at least Kieran knows there's someone somewhere expecting his best efforts. Like, yes, the family, um, but I think he wants to make me proud. I think it's, it's the same way he wants to make his family proud. He knows that, like, I went through the, through the bitter and sour with him, you know, For those days that he didn't want to come to practice there, maybe never, but you know, for those days that I will put a goal for practice and he will be far from it and he will hold his caps and goggles and lose his mind and, and, and I will be chill, bro, you know. But sometimes I will not be that chill, you know. He will come out of practice super frustrated and I will be on his face. You know, he was a little tall, so it's not like I'm gonna be on his face. I'll be like, I'm So, but sometimes he will be in the floor, I mean, the floor, like tired, can barely walk, and I will be in his face like this, you know what I'm saying? So, for those moments, I think, you know, he wants to have a share. For those moments that I was there, um, for the moments that I have a choice, and I didn't have a choice, for those moments that, um, you know, he will he will get DQ in, in, a, in a high level meet. He like he got DQ in, in the national and summer nationals and tried to bounce back the week after uh, at summer juniors. Like for those moments, there was a lot of moments, you know, the five year practices with minus 10 degrees. Um, I think he knows. He knows the sacrifices I, I've been through. Uh, with my family, you know, the, all the things that I went through before I came here. I think he wants to make everyone proud, but I know his. I'm part of his of his soul. He knows that I'm here and I want him to do, you know, the best he can be. I know he can at some point be the fastest human in, in, on earth. I told him already, I see him do things that... My experience, my eyes had never seen before, never seen before. Um, and like I say, I'm am a fan of the sport. I watch a lot of racing. I watch a lot of people, YouTube, whatever, ISL. I watch everything. And and my brain is always telling me, Kieran is better than that. Kieran's better than that. He can be better than that. No doubt he can be better than that. Um, the other thing is, I can I I think I have the the you know the ability to say something to him in the worst of times, and I know Anthony knows that. I know Steve knows that. When some they know if something goes wrong, they have my they have my back. I'll be, I'll be there for them. And I'll be the person to join their forces to bring the kid up. So I'm part of the beehive of of, of the support system, the safe and support system for Kieran. So. Knowing that they trust me is is big, is big.
0: One thing that I love that Anthony does is he checks in with the club coaches. You know, he wants to know, hey, what kind of sets work for this athlete? What kind of things can I give them to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel like they're progressing? Is that a conversation that you've had with him in the past?
1: We have, yeah, and Steve. I think that's the other thing. These, these uh, Florida monsters. people think, is I'm telling you, these monster have three heads or more. I don't know, but you don't get to have a Nick Fink and a Kieran Smith and a Caleb Dressler, like and and I can go through, I think the whole the whole roster is insane. There's a lot of big heads combined that is making the kids perform the way they perform and the tradition, the tradition they might be. You know, hundreds of coaches that are part of that program, but is, is the ability to not close their doors into those three heads. Just feel that I'm part of it. Just thinking about it right now, just feeling that I'm part of it. It makes every other club coach to feel super important, like super important. Not that I was part of the process, no we're not done until Kieran retires. That feeling of, oh, we work. I'm part of the work. I'm part of it. So I need to stay involved in a certain way and know that in any time I'm gonna get a text from the boss. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just feeling it's a, it's a good feeling of knowing that you will always be part of the process. It's the best feeling ever.
0: One thing that a lot of people are gleaning from this Olympic trials is that the importance and the significance of club coaches was really highlighted. When we take a look at a coach like Ron Aiken, coach like Brett Arkey from Sarasota, that both were on the show this past year. Talk about the role that club coaches play in American swimming and how we have really kind of shined at this Olympic trials and it's bringing back some of the attention. I love that we have pro athletes in this sport now. I love that our postgrads can stay on with their college programs and continue to train. But the heartbeat of American swimming for me has always been the club coach, the club programs. Talk about why that's been important in this trials.
1: Well, let let me tell you one thing. Even if I've been coaching for 22 years now, This is new to me. This is, I'm, I'm a rookie. Like my, probably my opinion and my thoughts will be wrong. There might be a lot of people out there that will say, no, Imano, you're wrong, but you need to understand. This is my experience. And, and, and I'm going to be like, I'm going to talk from the heart. Um, USA swimming did a, a great thing. Um, they made me part of the process when I got I got an email I think it was a year and a half ago that I was a potential Olympic coach. Um, maybe that was the price. and I I kept receiving these emails and they asked me for my passport, they asked me for my paperwork, and and then the Olympics got canceled and that was devastating. At least inside of myself. I was like, man, I had an opportunity to go. Now we're not going. But, you know, it was fine. But then I got another email by September that I was a potential Olympic coach to go. And, you know, that changed the game again. I was like, man, there's a big chance for me to go. So at that point, I'm like, like I even work out because I was like, you know, if I get to go to the Olympics, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be out of shape, you know. I want to look like an athlete too, and I was working out like it was like very personal. Um, and Sunday, like I, I'm telling you, I'm not gonna lie to you from the bottom of my heart. When Kieran, like I have a lot of people asking me, Hey man, are you going to the Olympics? Are you listen? I don't know. I don't know what's going to be the requirements to go. I have no idea. No one knows. And I'm in a group chat with all the coaches that got invited. And I, I don't know. So after the 400 freestyle and he got the, the Olympic team, Holmes came up. He was like, wait, well, hold on. Maybe if my kids makes the Olympics, it's actually not my kid, my kid. I coached him for a couple of years and the college coach like, if I get chosen not the college coach, I will give my spot. That's not fair. So all these thoughts going on, and I was like, well, if it's only one kid, they don't need three coaches for one kid. So probably, probably I don't go, but at least knowing the feeling that I was considered, maybe Kieran needs help, you know, bringing the bags up. I'm willing to, if they have to walk 20 minutes, I, I, I bring the bags because I've been working out to bring the bags. I, I'll do whatever, you know. Somebody needs water, I, I, somebody needs splits. I can do it, whatever. Somebody needs a coach, I'll be there, like, like the same way we did at juniors. Because um, at, at juniors, I was not there for Kieran. I was there for USA. I knew my role. I was there to help every single kid. And, and I think it was one of the greatest experience, especially when I, like, during the, during the wave one and wave two, those kids, I haven't seen those kids in, what, five years? Oh, well, I was 2017? Four years ago. They recognized me. They like, oh, Coach Eve, how are you? So that experience. So I was there for you as for the kids. I think that I was sitting in a spot for all the coaches too, so I need to represent those coaches too. But I was like, listen, there might be a chance for me to go. And then when he made the he he wins the 200 freestyle, I was like, well, hold on. Now he has two races. Plaza really, they might need me. But and I was like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Like probably Sunday was the hardest day when, when I saw in Swimmer World they released the coaching staff. But not, not, I think I was sad that. The Sandpipers coach was not chosen. Uh, My only feeling was if there's any club coach, and I totally understand the the college coaches, they have to be there because, like what we talk about now, the now is more important than anything else. The now is more important. So, the now coach is the coach that has to be there with the kid. But some of these kids, their now coach was the Sandpipers coach. And I was like, I don't know. So I got glad that yesterday they announced him that he was going. And and the sort of chart coach also was going. I don't know if it's they're going for the full time or just for the trip. and But just to know that they were considered brings hopes back again. And I really want to go through this rodeo again. I want to keep training swimmers in a way that I can get Another email saying I'm a potential Olympic coach in 2024, forever, forever. It was just exciting. But but Saturday and Sunday, at least Sunday when they announced it was only college coaches, I was like, well, should I start thinking about coaching D1? If that's the only way I'm going to get in the airplane to be an Olympic coach, I will need to think about it. But at the what same if I, time, my... What
0: if, I, what if I told you that your work as a club coach is too important to United States swimming?
1: That's my point. I know my role. And I know the college coaches know their role. I, I, think, I think the college coaches have way more pressure than we think. We're handling them uh, a, potential, you know, a potential Olympic kick. I think every coach that has a D1 kit where we're handling them as far as we were able to get the kid to go. I think there's a lot of pressure and they don't have one. They have multiple kids. They have to put all these kids in a situation for them to represent the country, not just represent their school, but represent the country. Like I'm a hundred percent sure, but I know my role and I know a lot of coaches in this country, they know the role. Our job is to create a safe environment for the kid, to keep them out of injuries, um, to show them what works, works, like you always says, to, um, to make them understand this is your support support system. If you get to a situation that you don't have a support system, understand what a support system looks like you find whoever you need to have to empower yourself to the next level so i think we have a very important role and and it's is key i don't think these kids will understand what they need or what they don't need when they get to that level without us i think it is important now the other thing is we provide the team oriented experience, right? But we provide the joy of the sport, the hard work, the tears, the, you know, but we provide the, the, the community, the joy of the sport. And this is the most important thing. Some of these kids, if they skip the joy of the sport, when they go to college, they cannot function. They will put a lot of pressure, they will quit. They will go, and we saw it this past weekend. There was a lot of the kids that forgot they the joy of the sport. Because marketing, brands, the highlights, the the pro experience. Um, but we provide the joy. And I think once they leave our program, they understand, all right, wait, hold on. I remember the joy of the sport. This is what I want from the sport. Yes, I didn't, I didn't improve my time, but tomorrow's another day. And the next day is another day. I will find the joy, the high fives, the hugs, um, how to bring somebody up. Maybe I went, maybe I out of time, and I see someone next to me that is not enjoying the sport. I go and talk to that person and say, listen, don't forget what we're doing here, man. Don't forget. We're going to have another shot. There will always be another shot that I want
0: my kid to be that kid that brings some other people up. That makes sense. I love it. And it's evident when you watch your level of enthusiasm and passion on the pool deck, you can see that. That's what motivates me. Right. (laughs) That's, that's what I want my staff to have. You know, every second is a chance to get better. Yeah. And so when you watch some of the development of Kieran and AJ over the years, you know, both of them making a national junior team having that experience being very successful at the collegiate level both at Michigan and at Florida. And now, you know, as we, we introduced the show today, realizing the ultimate dream. And in a couple weeks, Emmanuel, you're going to be watching TV. And you're going to see, you know, that 12-year-old that you started working with representing the United States of America on the biggest stage in our sport. What does that mean to the years of sacrifice that, you know, you've put forth as a coach, that your staff has put forth? Uh, I know that your family, you are a family man. People who know you know that about you. What does that mean to you?
1: Well, well, let me tell you one thing. I I believe this is a this is a, a, a it's a it's a cornerstone. Is a I would say is a step. I after I I spent time with Kieran there. Um, I know he understand. This is part of the process. We have uh, we met. I was like, man, I don't care what time you're out. I need to see you today because I need. I have something more important to watch you swim the two a.m. tomorrow finals. Um, I have a I have a team banquet, and then I have a 1200 meet this weekend. So I'm not going to be able to be here all the weekend. So I need to see you on Thursday night. And he we met, and I told him, listen, I'm always being very honest with him, and understand this is just a, a, a it's a cornerstone, but it's a stepping stone. Understand that the maximum, what's the highest level you want to be? And he was like, I want to be a, a world record holder. So that's coming. Um, and we will get there. And understand that every you have a, a very tight relationship with every race. And it's, it's like having a lot of kids. Actually, I didn't say it was a lot of kids. It was It was like having a girlfriend. So you need to understand, this is like having uh, multiple, multiple relationships. And you need to understand that um, your relationship with every race needs to be clear, needs to be defined, but you cannot do all the races. And, and I'm glad that you, that you and your staff at colleges make the decisions on choosing these races. But understand, the 2IM is our baby. And I was telling him, "Listen, this is the race that we we enjoy since we were kids." Um, but I remember that our at the four AM was part of our goal. Four AM was our power of goal, and he became really good on freestyle. And I knew at some point he will be. And I was, we were making fun. You remember when the only thing you want to do was two hundred backstroke? He goes, "Like yeah, you know, it, it was yeah." See where, how far we, where we became. Understanding that the joy of the sport is to understand when to move on. We move on, let's focus on this race. Understand that the joys of this sport is being able to swim all these races. I'm not wrong, you can ask Regan Smith, see her, watch her, after she did the one back, see her reaction after she did the two fly. See the relationship that Michael Andrew has with the sport based on the races, on the races that he can do good. These kids will last forever because they understand the sport is a relationship with the races. And once you don't have a good relationship, you move on and you move on and you move on. All right, let's explore this race. And I told him, listen, I I know you can be a, a world record holding 400 freestyle. I'm going to call it right now, 339.89. And he was like, I think I can go faster. So it's always, so that's a Kieran that I know. That's a Kieran that I know. Um, so I'm excited what's going to happen. I think he needs to get to the next level to improve. Like we saw it at NCAA. I don't know what type of training or whatever. I don't care. He needed to get his butt kicked in the five free to be able to be where he is. He can settle. He played too much with the race. And I like him to play a lot with the race because he's not done. People will criticize, people want to say things. Oh, he holds back too much. So be it. It's, it's It's not his last race. He's, I know, like nobody knows how fast it's going to go when he says this is going to be my last race. And I'm going to be watching when he says, Emmanuel, I want it to be my last race because that's when he's going to go fast. In the meantime, he's slow. And I know, I don't want to mention the name, but I know there was an Olympic swimmer. He got pissed at me because I yell at him. You You slow. Because uh, I yell at him too slow because he always told me that. It doesn't matter how hard we train. It doesn't matter how fast you race that means. He will always come after, after a race. And I will always ask what I asked to my kids. How was that? Too slow. He was always saying too slow. Then I flip and now I tell him too slow. <laughs> so, Nobody cares, nobody cares, try work harder. And, and I'm telling you, I got a, li- a little bit, uh, a couple of looks on Monday after the 400 freak, like I, I pulled my shirt out that says no one cares, work harder. And I know he noticed that, It was like, man, you always, man, always on my face. Because I, I want to keep it in perspective. Satisfaction comes when you're done. And he will be done after the Olympics. That's when satisfaction comes. Satisfaction doesn't come from results, it's just as a stepping stone. Your results will define your training for next time. If your taper was good, you repeat it. If your taper was not good, you fix it. If if the sets or the test sets didn't um, fulfill your needs of speed, well, we try harder. We mix it. We do something different. Uh, the recovery, then probably you needed more rest. These people are going to be exposed to a time change, drastic time change. And I'm hundred percent sure some people will struggle. Maybe he will, maybe he not, but how will we find out? Well, we will find out in the future, but I'm hundred percent sure it's going to learn. And in three years, it's going to be just better. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to Paris. I'm 100% sure. I don't care if I'm if I'm going to be in the staff or not. The excuse of not being in Tokyo is because we cannot be there because the restrictions. But I'm 100% sure I'm going to be in Paris in 2024. Watch. I did it when he, when he was invited to go Mel Zayek, I found my way to be there. <laughs> so, I'm going to find my way to go to watch him in Paris and and whistle and lose my voice yelling because I'm going to support my kids to the highest level possible. It is an, uh, it's it's part of our team vision statement. We provide each swimmer the opportunity to succeed at the highest
0: level possible.
1: And there will always be a rat coach at that level because that's what the kids deserve.
0: I love that. I love that. That's something that I think a lot of teams who don't have a board that works as well as you do with your board, a lot of boards struggle with that in USA Swimming. You need to provide a coach at each progressional step at the highest level that your athletes reach.
1: Yeah, so that's, I, I feel I like, like you, you're point. right. You're, you're 100% right. I think I've been I've been blessed during these eight years that I have, I have a board that, Try to get to know me. I think they put a lot of effort and trying to understand what was my, what I wanted, what I want, It no matter what do you want, but want to make sure this is what we want from you. Um, and I was always in communication with everyone on the board. And um, it's, a, it's, it's not a friendship relationship on the that I'm taking care of their kids but they know that above results, above everything that the board and I want for the team is to teach these kids life skills, to teach and develop life skills. If everything I decide to do with my staff is all about showing the kids to learn how to make decisions, um, to be wrong and understand and, and say, yeah, I was wrong. But every type of life skill, the board will always support the staff. And and the staff needs to recognize when they're wrong. I think at the point that we start pulling each other, no, listen, that the relationship breaks and it reflects into the program. I think that there should always be a way for any one of a, a, every part of the board and every part of the staff to connect on growing the program with better ideas to improve the teaching and developing of life skills that makes sense if everything starts there everything narrows down into finding the right meat finding the right events are we going to do this as a team travel are we going to do it like every single detail if it's based on The mission statement of the vision statement on the team, everything works. Everything works.
0: You're so right. And you hit on a point where many young coaches have to learn to accept that we don't have all the answers, right? We're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. But if collaboratively, everybody's on the same page moving forward, usually success follows. And Emmanuel, I want to jump into our quick fire questions because I got a couple of good ones for you and I'm interested on your take. So I'm going to jump into it right away. I think there's a famous story when you first started working at Ridgefield about a certain night where it was snowing a lot and you got trapped in the office. Uh, you were a little uncomfortable driving in snow, or didn't? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> so, I, I,
1: when I start working in Ridgefield, um, I have my t- I have my, my 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 time work, but I have nothing like. When I move here, I move here without my wife. So I have nothing else to do. So I didn't have internet in the place that I was staying. So I will, I will stay in the pool as long as I can, because I have, to, I have to do work. And if I leave, I will need to come back. Everything was, everything is internet. I, at that point, it was team unified and entries and all this stuff. You need to understand where I come from was paper. So it was like, what makes you want to do this? So it took me a little bit to understand a lot of things. So I was spending a lot of time um, in the pool. So one day, um, the, the head coach at that time, Bob Sheeran, I want to say thank you to Bob, he's probably watching. Thank you for, for everything. And I will also want to thank um, Jay Banner. Jay Banner was in our program for, for, for a time and, and both they give me a lot of, of knowledge about the sport in U.S. So thank you guys. Uh, but I remember I I stay, they changed practice. They changed practice a little earlier because the storm was coming. Listen, Mike, what do I know about storms? Nothing. So, so I stay. I think people left the pool by 6 p.m. And I, I, I stayed until like eleven PM. When I came out, my car is is has snow, but I was like, you know, it's an all-wheel drive. I have a little experience, you know, so I'm gonna so when I when I look around, there was there was maybe like two feet of snow. And I tried to get my car out and and I don't have a shovel. I have nothing. So I go like, you yeah, know it's not it's not the first time I, I sleep in the pool. So you know it'd be fine by tomorrow morning. So I have a I have a folding, have a folding bed, like a folding shirt there that one of the parents gave me. And then, you know, I sleep, took a nap, I woke up, went for a swim. Um, and I have some you know, snacks, and I eat some snacks, and I'm I'm on my way out of the pool, and I'm like, wait, hold on, where's my car? So the the Trucks that they push all the snow towards my car. They cover my car, and I'm like, okay, what I'm gonna do now? So, I, I have the choice to call a parent, but I was like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to call her. They're gonna make so much fun of me, man. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait. It's gonna melt. This is me. I don't know anything about snow. It's gonna melt. You know what I'm saying? couple times I came out and I you know I grab a towel and I moved the snow and it was freezing out. so I go back again I'm like man I'm, I'm getting hungry so I call a, I call a pizza place and I call the place and, and um they came in they bring the food and they the guy say hey everything all right and go like, yeah yeah everything all right yeah uh, I see that is your car broken I like no, 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 it's just that, you know, I got stuck in the snow last night and I don't have a shovel, but he goes like, Hey, if you need any, any help, let me know. And then, you know, I fixed it. So it snow again that day. And my car was all covered and I ordered food again at nine. So this, the same delivery guy came in and he came with a shovel. He said, oh, man, listen. I noticed something's going on. You're not from here, right? Like, no. Because, <laughs> like, you don't have a shovel, like, no. Oh man, no problem. I, I help you. I help you. So he helped me to get my car out of the snow, and that's how I got home. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's true.
0: I knew that that was uh, that was a great story, and I had to share that with people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still, so- man. It-
0: Hey, he's putting kids in the Olympic team, but he, he needs to learn a little thing about weather in the Northeast. Uh, Emmanuel, how many guys go under 340, if any, in Tokyo?
1: Um, No one.
0: Okay, good I think,
1: I think I think it's going to be close to 340, but it's going to be, maybe, it will depend. I think that, I think Australia changed their, their, their qualifying system. We don't know the results about that. You know, they usually have qualifying. I think Canada do, did the same thing and there's a lot of countries that they ended up doing what we do. So it's gonna be unpredictable. I think unpredictable. Um, I think Kieran, if he has the opportunity to win he will take it. I think he will take it. Um, but going under 340 might be a stretch at this point. In my point of view, thinking, yeah, if you've been training to break, to go three, soup 340 for five years, but how many of these kids are actually repeating the 400? Like, I don't know. Maybe the person with the most experience, if this kid, if it's a kid, that was in the top five five years ago in the Olympics in the 400 freestyle, maybe that kid will, will be able to go on. I don't know the roster. I don't know the names. I think the only way you can go that fast is knowing the field, knowing who you have to race, knowing that person's strategy in the race, and understand how Peter Van Der Guggenben did 3-4. Like every coach on the stand, from a training, from a training point, how do you train a kid to go 25-7, 25-7 in the last 50 or 400? Not a broken swim. Not a broken swim. We're talking about a, a swimmer that can go two seconds faster than the second to last 50, and that second to last fifty is a twenty-eight high or twenty-nine low, something like that. That's insane. That's insane. And, and that's always been my conversation with Kieran. So don't tell me you're going fast. Fast is going twenty-five at the last fifty. <laughs> that's fast. That's fast. Don't tell me. Don't tell me a twenty-eight is fast. Anyone can go twenty-eight in the last fifty.
0: Do we see that eight-minute barrier in the women's eight hundred go down?
1: Um. Listen, if anyone wants to cross the river and race Katie the Deki to the finish, it's going to get hurt. It's going to get hurt. Anyone, I don't care in the world, whoever wants to race Katie the Deki face to face, the whole race is going to be a nightmare. People don't understand. There's no oxygen there. It's, it's like swimming in space. People don't understand. I know Bruce, and I know, I know what he did. I know what all the coaches have done with Katie the And I know this is this was not a tape for me. She was training. You know this in her passion about following the process. And this is something important. I was there. As, as a public, just sitting there watching her going in and out in the pool. She was not there watching the interview. She was, excuse me, I have to go to swim. Hear your metal. So all that thing. I understand when a person is flowing, the flow. You know the flow. When a person is in the process, this woman is going to do something. It's scary, and whatever she lives whatever she is walking in this planet as a semi-god anyone that wants to face her face to face is gonna get hurt
0: I'll, that's the best take i've ever heard on ledecky and you can bet that that's gonna be clipped up i love it you gotta cross the river and there's not a lot of oxygen there i love it all it's, right now it's gonna be
1: it's gonna get her. i'm
0: telling you now uh, we, we're not going to get through this without talking about the 50. Does it take a sub 21 second performance to win that gold medal in Tokyo? Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that even if, it, if it's a short race, I see what, what I've been watching, at least the swimmers have been swimming this race. This race is evolving again. I feel that once the race evolves, we will see new speeds. I think that if everyone's trying to evolve to a Caleb Dressel level or Michael Andrew level, they need to understand there's, there's no, you know, the blocks are important. It's, it's key. I think the on-the-water game that's 50 meters out is, is the whole race right now. I think a lot of people understand that if they want to go sub-world record, they need to understand. There's no, there's no uh, gear. There's no gear. I think that, like a lot of coaches have been coaching swimmers for the for the 53, have been playing with gears. I think this is gonna be one gear, one gear, and one gear only. Um, Skill wise, I think everyone, anyone that can keep their their head down and you know touch the wall far will 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 be sucked no doubt about it. I think, I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, but for me, I'm going to be very honest. is the, the least um, exciting race in the world. I'm with you. I'm,
0: I'm cool. You know, I, I just feel I, like. I'll tell you like the Caleb's first 15 meters. It's the fastest I've ever seen a human being move in the water.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it's, 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 probably he is in the right mindset. Understanding the unpredictability of the race, you can see in his face that he's having a blast doing what he does. I see in his eyes a little kid that is playing with with uh, with, with TNT. You know, he's just playing with something very explosive, and he it blows in his hands, and ah, you know, he gets burned, and ah, but. You know, if he's having fun and he knows that he has the country on his shoulders, but not in his shoulders pressing down, his shoulders lifting him up, it's going to do well, man.
0: Emmanuel Lanzo, one of the most passionate coaches that I know. I'm so proud to, uh, to know you and I'm so excited for you and and kieran and you know your whole program it's been great and we got to get you out here are you going to be at the eastern zone open water meet this weekend
1: i'm not going to spoil that you know maybe
0: i'll
1: i'll be there i'm in i'm in i'm in investing myself in in every age group so i spent a little bit with um with the 13 and overs, because I'm the primary coach for the older kids, but we have, a, we have a, a big amount of 10 and unders. I want them to get to know me. I I interrupt some of the workouts sometimes. Right? Um, I'm gonna have a couple of kids go in there for the first uh, open water experience. Um, so I might be everywhere. I might go there for a little bit, then go and try to have all the kids supervise, because I'll be out for a couple of weeks, you know, evaluate the coaching staff, evaluate the program. And the way I evaluate the program is is spending time with the kids, listening to them, listening to the coaches, watching them perform, see the the chemistry between parents and coaches and kids and parents. I want to be around everybody. I want to get submerged into the experience. Um, But I might be there. You know, I
0: love, I love open water. Me too, man. Me too, oh. we're evolving with it. As you know, we had to swim open water for the first two months after the pandemic, so. Wow. Yeah, <clears throat> but listen, man, it was so great to have you on. I know that we're gonna bring you back on in the future, um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, hopefully, and congratulations on your success. Congratulations to Kieran and his family. And uh, we're we're so thankful at Fitter and Faster that we've been able to visit you in the past. And Kieran did a Fitter and Faster clinic yeah. uh, when he was an athlete. So uh, we're so appreciative and congratulations, Manual.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you, thank you to Fitter and Faster. Like I always say, you guys, you guys might not understand how important is Fitter and Faster to our swimming community. You know, from a coach, from a coaching standpoint, it's always good to have an opportunity to tell the kids, I'll be telling you that, now you want now, yeah, now it's important because an Olympian is telling you. So it's very important for someone to take over that responsibility. So thank you very much for always trying to bring, you know, the best knowledgeable athletes into our pool. So thank you, Fitter and Faster.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, Emmanuel. And I look forward to talking with you more in the future.
1: Oh, of course, man. You know, I like to talk now. now that I'm good. Speaking English, man, I'll really enjoy it. So anytime. (laughs)